everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hats Off podcast by 17 Hats. I'm Amanda Ray, and I am joined by a friend of mine, a wonderful guest, Meredith Rencars, which is a relocation um, and coach, relocation coach. Um, give me that title, business coach. Business and relocation coach, yep. Which is amazing because moving your business to a different state um I don't sometimes even a different town is a thing yep it is a thing and expanding your market goes under that too that's right and so you're having to kind of start everything over from scratch which I kind of love like a second do-over um I love that I love that you do that because I think this is such a niche that needs people need help with this so if you're in that boat reach out to Meredith um, but today we're going to talk about something that she specializes in and she is so brilliant in, and something that I in 17 hats are extremely passionate about. Um, and that is process who guessed that one process and workflow. Um, yes. we have heard time and time again from people coming in as a new business owner or just coming into 17 hats and going, I know my process, I know my workflow. And I'm like, okay, what is it? Like, give me your first three steps. And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So I think we all like to think that we know our process and we know our workflow. And for some of you, you do, right? You've yes. been in business a long time and you know your process and you know your workflow. And that is absolutely amazing. But for a lot of us, it's this like black box. We don't really know what it is. We think we know it, but we don't. It's kind of like our credit score. Um, you know, and today I have invited Meredith on to dive into it with us, to talk about process, to talk about workflows, to get some ideas of how to actually set it up. So Meredith, thank you so much for being here to talk about this, um, oh, very passionate, uh, topic of mine. I am so excited to have you. I am honored to be here. It's always fun to chat with you though. Um, okay, so let's dive into this. First things first, what exactly is process? What exactly is workflow? Like, talk to us about what is it? Yeah, I think at its core, it's the thing that you as a business owner do from the point of inquiry when that lead comes in to delivery of goods. And even a lot of people stop their process and their workflow right there. Okay. I delivered what I'm supposed to, and now I'm done. And actually that shouldn't be the end of it. But oftentimes that's kind of where we put that like period exclamation point finished. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a process is like every step that you do, right? So yeah. if I think about you know, my process of waking up, getting my children out the door in the morning for school and getting into my car to get to work, mm -hmm. right? I wake up, I go get my children out of bed. I go to the bathroom. I brush my teeth. I check on my children, actually make sure that they're out of bed. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, um, you know, wash my face. I put makeup on. I do my hair. I put my clothes on. I go make, you know, it is every single step. Yes. Right? I feel like people... I have a general idea. Like I do this and then they skip 10 steps and I do this. How do you help people really get into the mindset of really nailing down their process? Because 
they might have one, two or three steps, but actually micro, right? The micro steps, which is where the difference is, right? And how, how do you get them in that mindset? Um, I think the first thing to really hone in on is talking with them about not what they really wish it would be like. We all have this idealized version of what, you know, forward facing what we would like our business to be or our life to be um, and how that process should unfold. And so we have to set that should aside and really focus on getting into the nitty gritty. And sometimes that's uncomfortable to admit, like, my process is broken. My, my system isn't working the way that maybe it should. Yeah. It's one of those things to have like a really good reality check. And it's something that we don't like to do as I think human beings and in the society that we live in, we don't like to have the reality check, but to really sit down and have the reality check. And I always say like, pick the last five clients you had and what are three words that they would describe your business as? Like, Mm -hmm. would they describe it as on time? Would they describe it as professional? Would they describe it as that you were communicative? Would they describe it as you were proactive? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they would not use those words to describe your business, your process is probably a little broken somewhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what is your thought? So when we talk about process and we talk about workflow, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that is the other word we hear a lot. How does process and workflow go together? Mm, I often use them interchangeably and that's probably not the best way to look at it. I think if I was to break it down and really like think about it, um, process is how you do things like, and workflow is what gets them done. Like, yeah, the doing of it, the doing of it. Yes. Cause it's funny. Um, there was one day I was talking to my husband who he's the one that started 17 hats and he is such a brilliant mind, like brilliant mind. Um, he is a thinker like any, mm-hmm. any other person. And I told him, I was like, if you could solve the world's problems with a whiteboard, like the, the <laughs> problems would be solved, right? Because you could sketch it all out on the whiteboard perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say he's not a doer because he definitely is, but we have the mindset of like, we're gonna think about the process and we're gonna put down the process, but then we don't actually do the process, which is workflow. Yeah, I would say it's like, in a way it's it's writing down the process, let's say maybe in 17 hats, um, and then making it where you have to review every step that happens instead of letting it automate and go and flow through. Yeah. Just knowing what, like the, the actual action of doing the steps, mm-hmm. um, I think is so important. A lot of people automate from day one and I, I don't, I don't love that even though I'm like, I love automation and you know, right. I, I live and breathe it obviously with 17 hats. Um, but I love the actual of doing it and pressing the button for the first few times mm-hmm. because it also sparks your, your imagination of what else could I do? Yes. How, how could I handle this better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I make this easier on my client every time that I do this? And so not automating it initially is absolutely 
would always agree with that um, because it needs to be reworked and revised and it's a living, breathing thing. I love that because you're right with workflows, no matter um, your, your, you know, your processes, your steps, your workflows is what you're setting up, whether it's 17 hats or a different program, or you're maybe you're manually doing it all, but it is the how of getting your, of getting your process completed. But I love that you refer to both of these as like a living, breathing thing, because yeah. you're right. As you grow in business, as you become, I, I call it like your business maturity right? Mm -hmm. You become more mature in business and you start to see the, the ways of the business world, right? Um, yeah. You start to make changes and tweaks because your process is never going to be right the first time. Your workflow is never going to be right the first time. And I feel like so many people don't do process and don't do workflow because they want it to be right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to be. It, it's, um, you know, I've been in business for almost 15 years now, and um, I still sit down and look at what our workflow can be improved on after each quarter, because we'll have a, a client that defies all the odds. We've all had them. And right. then it's like, okay, wait a minute. We, we need to fix this. We, they broke our process. <laughs> they broke our workflow. Yeah. And I think I always say when you have a client and something goes wrong, don't blame it on the client. Look back at your process. Yeah. yeah. What's your thoughts on that? I, I think that that's really true in a lot of ways because I, I look at it as we had a client recently and um, something happened where there wasn't something clear enough in one of the steps that they questioned it. And you know what? that made me a better business owner because I had to revisit my process and go, wait a minute. Yeah. Moving forward. Let me clarify this for every other client. that's going to be like this. And so no, it's, it's on me as a, as a business owner to make sure that it's a smooth experience for them. I think that's a part of your professionalism too. Like professionalism comes in all ways, shapes and forms, right? If you go back in the day, like back in my grandfather's day, professionalism was, the suit and tie, right? Yeah. That was professionalism. Yeah. Now professionalism has so many different meanings. Um, but I think that the main idea of professionalism today is being that proactive leader and standing on your own two feet and saying, Hey, this is my business and I need to take charge and I need to guide the client through the experience and I need to be the helping hand. Um, yeah. That is one facet of professionalism that I think that sometimes we miss as solopreneurs because we're learning as we go, mm -hmm. right? And our craft might be uberly professional, right? Yeah. We might be able to do wonderful with our craft, but the business side of business needs some work, which is where systems and workflow comes into play. Um, yeah. How often, you said every quarter, how often do you recommend, like when you start to build your process, your automation, your workflow, like all of that, how often do you say to revamp or take a look at it? Um, I think that if you are starting from square one, where there's been some cases where in the past we haven't had to, but if you're starting from square one, I would almost first test it out with three friends and just, have a dummy experience with them um, 
one to make sure that there's no misspelling. I, I'm the world's worst speller. It doesn't matter whether ChatGPT or Grammarly catches it. It, it it's still going to be there. Yeah, it happens. Um, and then I would say, look at it every couple of clients and make sure, you know, do I need to add something to it with, um, our, one of our workflows I, that I just built recently, I've had to do that. Now I'm pretty comfortable with it. It's working great. I've made tweaks to it. Now I'm going to come back in the quarter and go through it that way. And as it progresses, I might say, all right, I've done it every quarter. Now maybe I do it twice a year. And that just depends on where you are as a business owner, I think. Absolutely. No, I love that how you recommend it when you build your workflow out, you test it, you go ahead and test it, whether you're building it 17 hats or different app, a different, um, a different application, or you're just doing it all manually that you actually test it out. You take the time, you test it on yourself. You test it on a few friends, you test it on maybe a returning client that you can say, Hey, I'm testing yeah. a new, I have a new system that I'm using. Please bear with me. I know some mm -hmm. people are really nervous about using words like that. And I'm always like, don't be. No, no. If you pick your, if you pick one of your most favorite clients that just adores you yeah. and loves everything that you've done in the past, they're going to probably be pumped to be like, yes, let me help you. And they feel special and honored that you would take the time to ask them to speak into your business. Yeah, they want, I mean, our clients, especially being small business owners, our clients, especially repeat clients, they want to support you. They want to yeah. support us. They want us to succeed. So um, don't be scared of that at all. And also, you know, again, people building workflows are really scared of making mistakes. And yeah. that's why I think it's really important to test. But I think on the flip side of it is like our, our clients are very forgiving. As yes. long as you handle it with professionalism and say, I'm using a new software. I am so sorry. I'm going to get this straightened out right now. Or like you handle the situation and you're delivering on time and you're all of that stuff has to be important as well. If you're not delivering on time and you screwed up your workflow, now we have a bigger issue. Right. But as long as you are delivering on time, you're approachable, you are um, proactive in communication, they're going to forgive any small mess up. I, do you see it the same? I think 99.9% .9 of the time, yes. Are you gonna have that one that just, eh, um, and you know, you fear that Google review, side note, Side note of the fear of the Google review. Um, <laughs> that actually makes you look more professional when that, you have a negative review and you can respond to it as if you're responding to your next client. Yeah. So stop worrying about that. Yeah, that's such an important point, not to go down this rabbit hole of Google reviews, but you're yeah. right. I think back, if you go back 10 years ago, whenever Google reviews, Yelp reviews very first started, everybody was really nervous about the negative review because people, readers, leads, potential clients, they were not savvy on these reviews. Now it is very easy to see which reviews are bot generated, which reviews are just an angry person that if you give a million dollars to, they're still going to bitch, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's going to be that. I think every business will have an angry person at one point in time, no matter how great they do. 
Yeah. That is a mark of just being around and being in business in longevity. Um, should you respond to them? 100% respond to them. Yes. You know, we've done it for 17 hats. You know, I've had people complain, nobody has responded to my emails. And I'm like, hello, we've responded to your emails 33 different times, yet you have not responded to any of these, you know? Yeah. Like, you set the record straight. Um, so, yeah, I agree with Meredith. Don't be nervous about that. Now, obviously, you don't want to rack up 20 negative reviews. But if you're racking up 20 negative reviews, there's some other things that are broken communication and process wise. Yeah. So let's dive in to creating your process or creating your workflow, right? Where do people actually start? Mm. So I actually recommend not doing it online. Um, on paper, uh, there are obviously... Um, systems and, and free applications that you can start to draw it out if you're a visual person. Um, but I actually like getting a big piece of butcher paper um, or a massive whiteboard if you have one and taking two colors of sticky notes. And the first color is going to be everything you currently do. This is the hard part. And you're going to start from just with one thing. So if you do, let's say, um, if you do three different types of things in your business. So like revenue streams, like th if you have three different revenue streams. Right. So if you have three different revenue streams, don't try to build out a workflow for all three of them at the same time. You're, you're going to get stressed and you're going to never, ever it's get it. So overwhelming. Yes. <laughs> yes. So take that one color of sticky note and you're going to put it all the way across your butcher paper or across wherever you're at and write out every step in the process. The email comes in. Okay, what do I actually do next? And you're going to go all the way through. And then the next color of sticky notes is going to be specifically for what you probably should be doing instead. And that's where you Love need that. to write. You need to write out a template. Let's say you've been hand jamming that first email that goes in to, to your inquiry and you've written it 700 times. Well, now you need to make a template for it. So that second color sticky note is going to go right there on that first step that tells you this is what I need to do next. And you're going to go all the way down the line for that one source of revenue, completely writing in what are the things you need to fix. And you're going to take a step back and you're going to ask yourself two questions. And these are really, really important. What has to happen in this workflow? Like, what can I not get rid of? What has to happen in order for my client to be happy with me, with the delivery of what I'm doing? And the second question is, does my business need this step in the process, in the workflow, in order to survive? Like, I can't do certain things if I don't know. For example, if you don't know where your client's event is at and the address, you can't provide the service. So you need that. Um, but if your client does not need that step in the process and your business doesn't need that step in the process, why are you doing it? And that's my favorite part. Okay. Favorite. So I feel like people overcomplicate their processes yes. so much and they put so many extra steps that they yes. do not need that serves no purpose other than overwhelming your client and overwhelming yourself. Right. So I love this, that you're saying, take a step back and actually evaluate what you're doing and say, is this actually needed? Yeah. 
Because or can I combine it? I love that. Yes. Can we combine it? And here's the deal and a part that I want to, and Meredith, I'm going to let you continue going through this, but a part that I want to point out right now is that if you're doing any of this, it doesn't make you a bad business owner. No. Right? Like this isn't to say like, oh man, I don't need this. And I've been doing this. There's no guilt or shame or anything there. Majority of us who started a solo businesses, ha- it, the, the growth has been very organic. We've learned by doing. Mm-hmm. And because we learn by doing and we never get out of the weeds and come above it all and look down at what we're actually doing and take yeah. a, 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 an overview of it, we just overcomplicate it naturally. This is yeah. just a part of that business maturity. So it is 100% normal to have overcomplicated your process the first few years of business. Absolutely normal, which is why what Meredith is going through is so very important. So Meredith, after you go through these steps with the post-it notes, what's next for you? Yeah. So after we, I've looked through it and said, okay, this doesn't need to be here. Cleaned it up, gotten rid of stuff. Um, the next thing I like to go through is the timing of it. We don't necessarily always think of the timing of, you know, how quickly do I want to send up a follow-up email? And so if your if your lead comes in and you respond to them and you don't hear back from them, do you want to follow up a second or a third time to encourage them to book for that, that service? And a lot of times that's, that third email will be what does it for clients where they go, Oh shoot, I've been busy. I forgot. I fed the kids. I meant to send this. And so that's something where we'll, we'll look at the timing of it. You know, you obviously don't want to send those three emails back to back to back every day. And so putting that in between each of those sticky notes starts to build out that workflow that's going to go into where you're serving your client. Um, I love timing because you're right. I mean, the old saying is the money's in the follow-up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of times we look at business and while this is important to us because it's our business, we've done this before. This is top of mind for us because that's who we are as professionals. Um, It is not for our prospective lead or our prospective client because they have life revolving around them, right? A kid gets sick. Um, they're just, they're, they're mentally tapped out. They can't take on another thing right now. I mean, perfect example. I had somebody a week ago, um, email me about, um, something that, uh, something that I need to hire for 17 hats. And I was looking at setting up a call with them. I got COVID now I'm having to play catch up. And because I'm, aware of how many follow-ups I'm going to get, I said, can you just please reach back out to me mid-March? Yeah. Right. And so that she knows, Hey, I'm interested in this, but the majority of times our leads and clients are not going to do that. They're just going to kind of quote unquote ghost you. If that term is even popular anymore. I don't know. I'm so out of that world. Yeah. But they're still there. Yeah. They're going to quote unquote ghost you for a little bit or just stay silent. Um, so that's really important that you have to follow up because if they were interested in you once, they either need to convert or say they're not interested. Yeah. Like you can follow up as much as you want, but an action has to occur. Yeah. And I think 
putting that into that process, into that workflow is really important. There was a time where you know, I was afraid to really be firm about like, Hey, I've got other clients I've got to move on to. So make a decision like, and now thank God for chat GPT and for <laughs> AI at this point that we can yeah. kind of, those of us that maybe need to polish and smooth out our, our bluntness, we have that available to us as a tool. And so after, you know, I work on the timing and, um, start writing those templates that need to happen for each of those steps, I'll have somebody review it. Somebody that is not in the industry. Cause we tend to, we, we talked earlier about having, you know, friends re re review it, um, or past clients review it. Um, past clients have already kind of been through that process, mm -hmm. whether it was formalized or not, your friends tend to be in this, in the same industry as you. Mm -hmm. And so well, if you get nice and they don't want to hurt your feelings or they're not exactly, or they're nice and they don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, my friends aren't like that. I have no friends like that. Um, but find somebody that isn't in the industry that you're in, uh, because they're, they're going to read things that to us make sense yeah. that are industry jargon. And they're going to go, I'm confused. And when you confuse a potential client, you lose on the sale. It's gone. It's gone. Confusing, overwhelming. If you try to talk above them, um, it's, it is, you're, you're done. You're done. Mm -hmm. They're going to move on. Um, one of the greatest pieces of, of business advice that I was given when I first started business a long time ago um, was nothing else matters with the exception if they like you. If they like you, they're going to buy with you. And I thought he was crazy. It was this older gentleman. He was probably in his 70s. So he was my wise owl when I started business. And I let that sit with me for a little bit. And gosh, I saw that to be true. Mm -hmm. So often it didn't matter if I could name my equipment, if I could, if I was even the best at what I did, actually that didn't matter. Um, what mattered is that I was approachable. I was communicative. Um, I was nice and not like overly nice, but I was, you know, easy to work with. That's huge. And talking above them, or throwing out jargon that they don't understand just scares them and it makes yeah. them feel like they're not ready for yeah. what you're providing as well. Yeah. It's almost like, Oh, that's too much. I'm no, I need an easier process. I need something easier. That's what they'll say. Yeah. So I love that. So you have somebody completely new look through it. And I think Another reason why I love this so much as well is because again, we do this day in and day out. So yeah. everything is very second nature and very inherent with us. Um, but most of our clients have never done this before. They've never been in this experience before, or they've had a not good experience with it for many. Um, and so being able to have somebody read it from that viewpoint, that's huge. And also yeah. be able to, I would assume, ask you questions. Like, what do you mean by this? Like they can help you clarify things as well. Yeah. Why, why are you asking me if I'm, I had somebody ask me once, why are you asking me if I'm allergic to something? And I'm like, well, because we serve food and mm -hmm. drinks when you sit down with us and I don't want to send you to the hospital. So I had, I had to clarify, like, 
why am I asking you that? Or yeah. do you have any injuries? Well, that's a little personal. I have a reason for that. So it, like in my head, it made sense why I would ask you that. Yeah. It helps you clarify all of that and helps you really, um, gosh, understand the viewpoint. We've had a few years ago, we had people, small business owners, and I want to do this again. Anybody want to volunteer from this? Email me. Um, I had a few small business owners who have never used 17 hats before. They'd heard of it. They'd never used it. We flew them into LA. We sat them down at a table. We opened their laptop and we let them start using 17 hats, yeah, that's figuring fun. out how to do it. And we couldn't say a word. Oh my gosh. I was gripping my chair. I mean, it was so interesting because you got to see it happen. Yeah. You know, and you could see where people hangups were. You could see where people had questions all in real time, which was so amazing and so knowledgeable for us to be able to make those changes very quickly. So I would assume it's the same. Even having somebody read it, if you were even in the room with them while they went through it all, that would give you so much insight. Yeah. Just doing a Zoom call and being able, if, you know, if you can't do it in a room, but just being able to go back and forth, watch their facial expressions, you know, as they're screen sharing or whatever. It, it's really interesting to watch that whole right. psychological process. Well, I love that. Um, anything else after that process, any or after that step, anything else you go into? At that point, I start putting it into 17 hats for me and and testing it out, um, putting in my email address first, making sure that something's not missing um, or not connected correctly. And that's always on my fault if sure. it's not working. Um, and then from there, I go through the testing process. Um, and I'm always asking myself, okay, what, what happens after delivery? What happens after this? Because that's where you start to market to them coming back to you again. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just stop after delivery. Like you've delivered and you're done, right? Yeah. There's this whole process that can happen afterwards as well. Amazing. Yeah. Meredith, this has been so great. I love your recommendations on all process and all workflows. Um, thank you for sharing your knowledge there. So many great insights. If you're ready to start process, you're ready to start your workflow. Meredith, how can people find you? If anybody wanted to reach out or anybody wants to find you, where are you? Where are you? Where am I? <laughs> um, so I am on Instagram as the restart specialist. There's an underscore between each of those. It is what it is. <laughs> um, and then I have a YouTube channel for the restart specialist as well. Um, and then you can of course find, find me, Meredith Rencars. Um, I've got a whole nother account for that too. Awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with our listeners.